0: Welcome to another Cohort W podcast episode, bringing you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most exciting and enterprising young warrant officer leaders. Each episode is dedicated to exploring real-life leadership in the warrant officer cohort and tackling the problems faced in large-scale combat operations and multi-domain operations. And now, here's your host.
1: Hello. In today's episode, my incredibly excellent guest shares some personal and professional experiences as a Signal Corps warrant officer. Then we will examine how those experiences contribute to meeting doctrinal requirements for the Signal Corps. A cohort W guests were recommended by senior warrant officers in their branch. Today, I am joined by Signal Corps Warrant Officer CW3, Benjamin Coots. Thanks so much for your time today, Benjamin. Can you share with the audience a little bit about yourself?
0: My name is Chief Warrant Officer 3, Benjamin Coots. I was born in Kansas City, Kansas, and I've literally split between Kansas City, Oregon, and Maryland before I joined the military. And then the military, you know how it goes. You're all over the place. So what I am, I'm a 255 Sierra. So what that is, is a cyber defense warrant officer. So I'm part of the Signal Corps, but I do cyber security. So everything I'm going to talk about is the defense side of cyber. That's really my role is to defend whatever network, wherever I go.
1: Clarify for me, there is also a 255 Alpha and a 255 November in the Signal Corps, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah, so we've got three different specialties. The 255 Alpha, they're systems engineers. So what they do is they provide services, they make sure you're able to access a web resource, able to email the 255 November as a networking engineer. They get the network going, they're working on satellite shots, your tactical equipment, they're making sure that you can talk. And then the Sierra side, our job is to defend everything and protect it from any adversarial activity.
1: Great, thank you. And what is your current duty position, please?
0: I am a senior information protection technician for the division that I'm at, I'm responsible for the overall defense of that network.
1: That's a great lead into the next question. Can you tell me what that daily work is like in Garrison? And I'd also ask you to expand on that. What is your daily work like uh, in the field or training or deployment environments too, please, Benjamin?
0: My current organization where I work, when you first get there, you first assess where you at. So where's my cyber defense at? What do I need to do improve upon? First do your assessment, then after you find out what you've done, then you implement control. So really what I do on a daily basis is defend the network, monitor activity, make sure no adversarial activity is trying to get in. No one's trying to compromise our network. And what I do is I've got a team of four NCOs with me and we're constantly looking for ways to improve. We're scanning the network for vulnerabilities. We're looking at all activity that's occurring. We're trying to improve upon what's already there. Out in the field, one thing that we've done is that we've had multiple field exercises where we get assessments. So we've had three different assessments this year. what the Army does, you have your defense capabilities. How good are your defense? So what they'll do is they'll send these teams trained by the NSA or credited by the NSA, uh, advanced out four. So they're the offensive cyber team. They'll come and assess your defense. So we've had three of these events this year, and they come in, they try to compromise your network, and we show how well we defended our network. Every day, we're just constantly, we either we either have an incident that, that comes up, maybe somebody hooked a thumb drive in, or maybe we saw activity that was unnormal activity. Maybe, maybe we had an antivirus alert come off. We're constantly responding. We're constantly trying to make things better. We're always getting assessed. And and what's unique about us on our assessments when we go in training or in the field or in exercises is there's actually a live person, I would say force on force cyber combat, where there are actually people
1: attacking, trying to break your network instead of kind of the simulated uh, environment. I don't think we talked about this up front, but just a note to the audience. You are doing all of this work in the Republic of Korea currently. Is that correct?
0: That's correct. So we are in, ar- in armistice state, so we are constantly defending the on a day-to-day basis. We show up to work, we are looking at the network, and, and we're close to other nation states that have cyber capabilities. So it gives us opportunity to do a lot of defense, and it's a, it's a very critical position.
1: Great, thanks. That really does answer a lot of the uh, other uh, specific training and uh, work areas I was talking about for field training and deployment. I mean, you, you are there forward advanced. I want to move on and think about that, that daily work. How does that fit into the warfighting functions. Can you talk to me about
0: that? For me specifically, for cybersecurity portion of Signal, we're primarily protection. Uh, We protect all the warfighting functions. We protect the mission command. Every single one of our warfighting functions utilized some kind of mission command system to gain a tactical advantage, some kind of advanced communications technology that allows them to do fires better, do maneuver better, do intel better, do sustainment, all the different sustainment systems that are used to get equipment through, to get everything done effectively, efficiently, fast. So it's our job to make sure the integrity of all those systems are there like we have to trust our system if the adversary is able to compromise our network and take down all those mission command systems it could severely degrade our warfighting functions and even worse if they're able to compromise it we don't know about it the enemy will be there before we are and continuously have a big uphill battle trying to against combat with these nation states
1: that is a tremendous amount of responsibility for a mid-grade warrant officer so thank you for that hard work and that must be challenging 24 hours a day seven days a week so How does that work fit into large-scale combat operations? And and I'll toss it to you and ask you, in addition to that, with multi-domain operations similar to how we support the warfighting
0: functions. Is We basically enable command and control to keep the integrity of the command and control. As we move on every year, we, we, we get more and more advanced. We move more and more to digital communications. There's uh, training rotations that we have in all of our Army units. Both of these training rotations, and whenever we are forced to take down our mission command systems, it's severely degraded whenever the unit is, is forced to operate without their mission command systems. So as far as, as that's concerned, we massively protect our ability to use the current tools. In the current systems, because there's only so much time you have to train on your systems. The army spends the majority of that on the current systems we're at. So if we lose that capability, that we spend thousands of hours every year training and scenario from school on, it could severely put us at a a major disadvantage. And then um, when it comes to the multi-domain operations, there's competition, and then there's combat with another nation state. There's always cyber activity going on. Like the other nation states are always constantly trying to find ways to gain an advantage. So they're either going to try to use cyber to steal technology, they're going to use cyber to influence social media, influence messaging. Economically, when you're doing cyber defense on, for multi-domain operations, you're not out there initially in the field getting shot at, but we're constantly at war, constantly have somebody trying to do things to the country, and it's our job to stop those things from happening.
1: that's a lot of first order work to prevent second and third order effects, like you talked about with the economic impact from these initial attacks. That's, again, very impressive and very detailed. And I'm I'm glad you're uh, communicating that level of depth for the impact of your work for our audience. That's great to know. I I will go off task and ask you one question about large scale combat operations. Would you travel with your division headquarters typically or, or where might you fight from physically?
0: There's one of us assigned each division. We would be fighting with our division on the front lines where we would be. But there's also a bunch of 255 steers that are assigned to like strategic level organizations like our cyber or my previous job. I was at DISA where I think we had four or five billion attempts on accessing our network a day. So some people would be at the strategic level fighting the cyber battle from a DISA type perspective or an army cyber or a U.S. Cybercom. One of those organizations where it's bigger level defense, but there's going to be a lot of us on the tactical side at the divisions. There are some brigade combat teams and even
1: core level. That's a lot of potential situations you could be in and still be facing combat. I want to take a slight change of direction here and ask you to reflect on the work that you've done. So given everything that we've talked about, which is very impressive, what would you say you have learned or what would you like to share with the audience about your understanding of your work's importance as part of the Army's mission? I feel like we're not quite where we need to be at
0: as far as cyber defense, not not just the Army, not just the DOD, but just everyone in general. And the major project I've been working the last three years is, is called a Zero Trust Architecture. So to break it down in a, a wide view. If you think of the old school movie theaters where you would walk in, you'd buy a ticket, you would go in, you could go to whatever movie you wanted to, you could bring in snacks, you could open the door for someone, sneak them in the back. Not very good security, it's quick. That's kind of like the traditional cybersecurity in a lot of places. Like if you, you if you get let in through that, fir- that door, you kind of can do a lot of stuff that you probably shouldn't be able to do. What Zero Trust does, is kind of transitions that to more of a, a airport style where you have to buy a ticket to do this, you have to go through security mechanisms to verify if you ha- you don't have any weapons on you. So this, what's great about cyber security is that you can make that airport level security as fast as a lower end security. So that's the major thing that I've been working is, is to apply a greater security architecture. And I'm working with the Army on, on changing how we are doing this on a tactical level and implementing it across the formations so that we can actively crush these, uh, these assessments, crush the adversaries. And one major event is these NTC rotations, GRTC rotations, warfighter operations when these red teams come out to break in the network, they're successful a very high percentage of the time against against these uh, the army networks. Doing this can kind of flip that switch, we need to be successful on defensive side and make it really hard for these the red teams to be successful. And that's, wh- that's what that's where we're going
1: after. Thank you for that. Drilling down from there, from that understanding of your work and the army's uh, mission, what would you say to a brand new graduate? from candidate school, either in your branch or um, just in general for the the
0: 255 sierras as a warrant officer you have a lot of responsibility everything is getting put into digital systems everything is only going to get harder you're only going to be asked to do more you're going to be asked to do more with less continuously and it's going to be up to up to you to first off learn your craft master your craft and after you've mastered the tools you've been given the craft that you've been given add capability give back because most of the capabilities most of the major improvements they're not they're not by some people up there in the strategic level like think tanks that are thinking of things like real improvements are from the people in the field constantly fighting the battle and, and saying, hey, this works, this doesn't work, getting that information together, adding the capability, sending the message out, and then improving it from from that level. I've seen that
1: happen a lot in a lot of cases. And that's really a, a novel answer from among the, the many great answers that I've had that call, that responsibility placed on the shoulders of warrants to think about how they overtly improve the field or how they overtly improve the branch or the practice. Uh, That is Wonderful to hear. I appreciate that. So uh, with that, Benjamin, I want to say uh, thank you so much for your time today. It's great to hear Warren Officers talk, Doctrine. I appreciate your time and sharing how your work uh, and the work of Warren Officers in your branch contributes to meeting the doctrinal requirements for the Signal Corps for warfighting. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for having me. On behalf of the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation, thank you to today's guests for your insights on the future of warfare and the importance of the warrant officer to that fight. Please visit warrantofficerhistory.org to learn more about how you can help support the Foundation in programs like this. Special thanks to our theme music composer, Josh DiStefano. Visit joshdestefano.com to hear more of his outstanding works.